let us pray. We just sang in the course of the praise, casting crowns, lifting hands, bowing down, is all we've come to do. This morning, can you reflect on the words of that song? Are you casting down the crowns, achievements, successes, attainments, and bowing down before him? This morning, still in the words of that song, we agreed and declared this morning that we will arise in your name. Dear Father, this is our prayer this morning. Cause us to arise in your name. As we meditate on your word, Lord, cause us to arise in your name. Lord, as we look at your word, do something in us that will cause us to arise in your name. Lord, our prayer is this morning that this service we will leave with a resolution to arise in your name. To let this light shine in the earth's darkest places. Lord, as we resolve to do that, there will be lights. In the name of Jesus. Lord, what you do to men that we cause for a dark place to turn to light. This morning, Lord, that's our expectation. That's our desire. That's our longing. That's our prayer. Lord, in earth's dark places, let there be light. Let every chaos at the instance of your world be resolved. Let there be light. Lord, may we resolve this morning that there will be light. In our little corners, there will be light. Thank you, Father. As we look at your word, Spirit divine, come, speed forth your flight. Spirit divine, come speedily and cause light to be. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I want to appreciate the Lord for another opportunity to study the word of God together with his people. I don't take for granted this opportunity, trusting that the Lord will do his own thing. Believing God very strongly in my heart that he will stay our heart to make up our minds to let the light. I also want to appreciate the leadership of the church for this opportunity. As we trust the Lord that it will not be a waste it will be, indeed be a time that the Lord again will do his work in our life through the instrument of his word in Jesus' name. Let the people in darkness see light. Let the people in darkness see light. That's our topic this morning. And we trust the Lord as we just prayed that we will arise in his name. We will not just sing it. This morning, we will arise in his name. I noted a few things as I was considering this topic. 
And I want us to study together, to glean, to, to meditate on this together as we study the Word of God. We have read the Bible reading. We will take some time to learn from those verses of scriptures. But to lay a foundation, first I want us to reflect on the journey of this year as we recall all that the Lord has been gracious to bring to us from this altar. The Lord has been gracious to us by reminding us at the beginning of the year about the fact that He has sent us forth as light, so we are light. We have also noted that darkness, indeed gross darkness, reigns in our environment. For me, as I look at the topic again, I saw God reminding us as he did in the beginning of the year. He said, let your light so shine. If you remember our daddy in the Lord, beginning of the year, one of the strong words the Lord used him to bring to us is let your light so shine. And if you look at our topic this morning, it seems in a similar tone. Let the people in darkness see light. How will they see the light when we let our light so shine? And I noted that through the journey, God has been bringing very strong and definite word to us in diverse ways. And for me, I know God to be a God of purpose, you know, in Genesis, where God was saying, let there be light, he gave the reason. So for God to bring a word to us in this direction again, either for emphasis or for reminder, there must be a reason. And so this morning, we will trust the Lord to agree with heaven for that which he wants to do in and through us. It seems to me as if God is so serious and deliberate about seeing us shine. And I don't want to sound spiritual saying so. It is just the truth. God is very serious about you shining. God wants you to shine. God expects you to shine. And so this morning, just to start, we will take our text, even though we will dwell more in the verses of the lesson, but let's read our text, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16. You know that what the Lord began to tell us that let your light shine, so shine before men, is in 5 verse 16 also, which I don't know why God arranged it that way, but still verse 16 of Matthew 4. Let's read Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Amen. This morning we'll be looking at this verse of scripture as we consider our topic. First, I noted that our topic today is an instruction. 
And if you are taking notes, I think it's important you follow along that line. Our topic today is an instruction. And what is the instruction? Let the people who are in darkness, let them see light. Now, I was wondering why that. But again, I discovered that it is an instruction and not first of its kind. So, having noted that our topic today is an instruction to let those who are in darkness see light, I also noticed that it is not an instruction that God is giving for the first time. It is not an instruction that God is giving us as though he has never given it before. And so, I noticed that in our texts, if you look very closely in the Bible reading, you will agree with me that Jesus came and he responded to that instruction. Amen. The Bible speaking there says that in verse 14, let's look at verse 14. The Bible says there that when Jesus left Nazareth, look at what verse, what verse 14 says, that it may be fulfilled, that instruction, that instruction may be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Where was it given? Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. Isaiah 9 is a scripture we know and we are familiar with. Verse 2 said it's describing specifically as quoted in verse 15. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of sea describing it Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 said the same thing. And Jesus arose to obey this instruction. What does it then mean to us if our topic today is an instruction and it's not the first of his kind? I was asking myself, there are many ways you can approach a topic. And so as I was praying and meditating over this, I had many temptations, one of which was to bring a challenge to our hearts to see that in our various places of work, in our homes, there are corners that are dark that we may need to shine the light. But as I kept meditating on this topic, the one that was most pressing to my heart, and I sensed God, and I wrote, I took some notes over, is the aspect of the how. Why? I noticed that since the year began, we have gotten diverse instructions about shining the light in your profession, shining the light here, shining the light there. As the Spirit comes, light comes. So I noticed here that God will desire for us to look at how Will those who dwell in darkness see light? How will it come to pass, this instruction? How will we 
leads to account to heaven that indeed in my corner those who had been in darkness they saw light and for me very quickly i noted that since this instruction is not coming for the first time as they will say let us follow person where no road can we follow him that has heeded this instruction before now because our text says something look at our text verse 16 look at what happened there the people who sat in darkness what does that suppose to us they used to be in darkness the people who were sitting in darkness they have seen light no no more darkness and what is our topic today let those who are in darkness see light there is already a pattern for us there is an example for us i remember in the beginning of the year we saw that this light is not another person than jesus so for us this morning to again follow him that knows the road may not necessarily be a reputation but may be god pressing forward pressing for the pressing more what he has begun to deal with us over and as we began to pray you know i was tempted to quote this this morning i was tempted to even strike it out of my notes when i was meditating on the note again this early hours of this morning but i got a very strong persuasion to keep it and as we are praying as i got a confirmation of that hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. this morning as we look at the how those in darkness will see a great light we'll be looking at jesus hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. i wanted us to quote it but very strongly is coming to my heart that we read it hebrews 12 verse 2. can somebody please read for us looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god thank you looking unto jesus this morning we are going to be looking unto jesus why because the issue of you are the light is the issue of the fact that we have faith in christ it is the issue of faith it is the fact that we have put our faith in christ and so as many as have come to put their faith in jesus you have become the light jesus said it and we'll be looking at it he's the light whoever will follow him will not walk in darkness but one very critical thing is the issue of being light which is the issue of our faith depends on jesus from start to finish that's what one version puts it looking unto jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith who on this matter of faith on this matter of being the light it depends on him from start to finish in fact we can't be talking of being the light and have any other curriculum outside jesus because earlier in the year the lord established it for us that this light we are talking about is jesus but again the fact that the instruction god is giving to us 
Jesus came on earth and obeyed it. That when we are reading about it now in the New Testament, it was that those who were in darkness, they had already seen light. The light had come to them. Then we have an example in Jesus. We have a path to follow. So this morning, I want us to quickly look at it. What, has, what was it about Jesus that made it that where he went to, as he lived his life, those who were in darkness saw great light. So those are the few things we'll be looking at this morning as we will get our hearts set to pray. You know, as I was considering this, I asked myself, and I want us to be asking ourselves as we look at it, the way I'm living with what we are seeing about Jesus, will people who are in darkness around you see light? Now that means we are going to be placing our individual lives beside that of Jesus. Bearing in mind, you know, I was sharing sometime, some years ago at Nsuka, I remember very clearly that it's, it was a morning prayer and the picture that came to my mind is like, when we are going to the judgment throne, there will be a door that we have carved out an image of a person. And only those who fitted into that image will pass the door. And that image was the image of Jesus. So not just about the issue of light. Even in this, our race. Remember where we read in Hebrews 12. From start to finish, it depends on Jesus. Jesus is the standard. So by the time we follow in being light, eventually when we are getting to heaven, which is our aim here, we will just pass. Because we will have just fitted in to the image of his dear son. Now let's look at a few things, about nine points about the life of Jesus I want us to note this morning. Let's glean on the life of Jesus. Let's glean from the life of Jesus, rather. First, I noted, and I want for us to read, very challenging things. We have studied it, but I sense God wanting us to look at it again. John chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. John 1, 3 to 5. What was it about Jesus in response to the word, to the, to the instruction God is giving us today? What was it about the life of Jesus that made him, by living, obeyed? By living, heeded the instruction. Let's look at it. Will somebody read for us John 1 verse 3 to 5? Yes. All things are made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was, that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does, did not comprehend it. Brethren, the first thing I felt we should note about Jesus is this. Now, agree, Jesus is God. And that was why the Bible in verse 3 said, there was nothing that was made that was not made without that was made without him. So Jesus was God and is still God. But what is it about him we should note? When he came in man in the form of man, when he got life, when Jesus came as a man, 
The Bible verse 4 said what? This life was light. The first thing I noted was that though he was God, but when he took the form of man, when he came like man, when he came to heed this instruction as we are today, he got a life. And that life was light. What does that mean? You may want to ask. You know, as I, as I looked at that verse, I began to ask, you know, whenever we have programs, we will spend so much on publicity. We will invite people. We will do billboards. We will advertise it. But what I notice about the life of Jesus, which when I placed my life beside, I was challenged to see that maybe this is why I am not yet hidden. The instruction that those who live in darkness should see light is because when Jesus was living, it was light. I don't know whether you are getting it. I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring the impact of this word to our heart. What does that mean? Jesus did not need to organize crusade. As he was living, crusade was going on. As Jesus, if Jesus were to be a medical doctor, as he was living his life, it was crusade. They didn't need to start setting up a committee. That life was light. He didn't need to start preparing and say, okay, you know, today is world evangelism. No, 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 no. If he had to go to the world, it was world evangelism. If Jesus had to go to the office, what, it, what was it? It was light. This light was not separate from his life. It was not something you would not start preparing for. Just imagine you want to live as you are. Then you start preparing. Now how do I be Mike? Okay, is this how Mike talks? You just be. The light was his life. So if those in darkness will see light, what is the first challenge Jesus is throwing at us? Your life must be that light. Don't begin to plan and say, okay, I will use tracks to shine. Mm -mm. Leave and let it be light. That was why Jesus, who first got the instruction, people around him, darkness was not allowed. You know, I remember in the beginning of the year, when the, the leadership of the men's fellowship were having retreat, we, began, we got a challenge from heaven. What was the challenge? That the issue of being light in our homes is not about acting it. If you are light outside your home, when you come home, you will not change. So this morning, the first challenge in looking closely at the life of Jesus was that his lifestyle was light. His living was a shining. So if Jesus died, then that light needed to keep shining. Little wonder he called us. So so long as light came into Jesus, after he kept the godness in him, when we notice in verse 3 that he created all things, but when he took upon himself life, that life was the light of man. And it was such that it was shining and darkness could not understand it. So you know that thing about the life? 
Maybe you will have quickly excused it that maybe when Jesus was shining, there was no darkness. That was why verse 5 quickly told us that. See, that time there was darkness. Don't give excuse and say, Lord, in my own time, if you know what is happening in the hostel, the Bible says that the darkness could not understand it. Meaning that what? There was darkness. So we don't have excuse. So we will not say that when Jesus lived, you know why actually I was saying that in my mind. Could it be that there was no means of social media publicity? That was why Jesus did not do publicity. See, those are excuses. But scripture is saying that there was darkness. But in the midst of that darkness, they couldn't understand the light. So we don't have excuse. There was light in his time. Sorry, there was darkness in his time. So, as much as we have today. So that was why verse 5 said, The light shined in darkness. It was not a light that was shining because it was God in the midst of other lights. It was in the midst of darkness. So that your office people are that terrible. That was why you were sent there. Jesus had a light that was light. And in the midst of darkness, he lived. And his living was a shining. This morning, placing your life at the beginning of considering the life of Jesus. How are you living? If being the light and if heeding the instruction of letting those in darkness see light must be obeyed by us. Brethren, lighting must not just be a decision. It must become our lives. If we will accept the mandate of being light, we will not wear it and come and act it for the year 2022. It becomes our life. Amen. Let's look at the second thing about Jesus. John 8, verse 12 to 17. John 8, 12 to 17. Somebody finds this. Let's read it. We are looking at the life of Jesus. And how that by these futures, these characteristics of Jesus, he was able to heed this instruction to let those in darkness see great light. Yes, John, who is there in John 8, verse 12 to 17? Yes. From verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your, wit your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I came from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is, it is also written in your law. Thank you. To verse 17. Yes, it's 17 I'm reading. Okay. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. Amen. What again about the life of Jesus do we want to take note of from that verse? 
You will notice there also that Jesus did not just live a life that was light. He knew and he testified about it. You know, I was wondering in my heart, what does this mean to us? It is possible that you know you have something and you don't realize it. You know, scripture says that a man in honor and knoweth not is like the peace that perish. For Jesus, he had a light that was light and he knew it. Jesus did not just know it. He knew it and was declaring it. Jesus did not come with this mixed or missed identity. He was not in crisis about who he was. You may be asking yourself, you may be saying, people are challenging me. My classmates are saying, eh, it's not by saying I am the light, I am the light. It's not by declaring it. It is even possible that when we rose from here, when the Lord told us that you are the light, you made up your mind to say, you are the light. And the Pharisees start saying, how can you be bearing witness about yourself that you are the light? You know, that was what they did to Jesus. Are there situations that were challenging, that are challenging our shining? Jesus faced it. But one thing was that he was sure of who he was. Jesus was firm to defend it. Brethren, I noticed one thing about Jesus. Though his life was light, men challenged the truth that his life was light. But he stood to it and said, no, <laughs> this thing I'm telling you, I'm very sure of it. He could defend the fact that he is light. Brethren, are you very sure you are the light? Though you are, have you realized it? You know, I was asking myself, why would Jesus have to say it? After all, his life was light. I think also it was for us to get an example. I remember listening to, I think it was, um, I think it was Pudgeon, who said the first man came as a full-grown man. But the second Adam came as a baby. Why? So that he would show us example of the different stages of life and how to live. The, man, the first Adam came as a grown man. So we don't have gotten an example of how to be a child. But when the second Adam came, he came to give us pattern for every phase of life. So I suppose also that Jesus had to say it. Not just for us to say that. You see, I am the light. This my life is light. He had to declare it. And in declaring it, people challenged him. How can you give testimony about yourself? What gave him the confidence? He was agreeing with heaven. He said that your books have written it. And that was verse 17. It was written, it has been written in your books that the witness of two, a matter is established. I am bearing witness. Heaven is bearing witness. It is established. God is agreeing with me. God is saying you are the light. Are you agreeing with heaven? It is one thing for God to be saying this about you. It is another thing. Jesus agreed with God that this life will I'm leaving it as light. So even in the face of opposition, in the face of argument, in the face of people challenging it, Jesus did what? He defended it. You know, it will have been, 
they will have lacked a message in this. If Jesus only defended it in words. But his life also showed it. So that we don't live here to say, whether you believe it or not, I am born again. Whether you like it or not, I am light. There is a shining that proves what you are saying. So that is the second thing I notice about Jesus. Let's go to the third one. Let's listen to what Jesus himself said again. In John 9, verse 3 to 5. John chapter 9, verse 3 to 5. Remember we are looking at, let the people in darkness see great light. See light. And we are noting, and we started from the note that, Jesus heeded this instruction. And people who lived around him saw light. So, if we will do this, let us see an example to follow. John chapter 9, verse 3 to 5. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can walk. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen. Amen. From these verses, we are going to be taking out some lessons, about three lessons about Jesus. First is this. If you follow that story, it was a story of a man that was born blind and came to Jesus. And verse 3 of that 9, Jesus answered them. When his disciples asked him, who sinned? Who sinned that this man was born blind? Verse 3, Jesus answered and said, Brethren, in the matter of light, stop arguing with darkness. Shine. Stop trying to find excuses. You see, the youth of our days, they are A, they are C. No! Shine! Jesus saw each opportunity being confronted with that is darkness as an opportunity. Why did we say that? Jesus said, it was neither the father nor the mother. But why? So that God may be made manifest. Who is God is this light. So that light may shine in this man's life. We are going to later be seeing that the issue of darkness may not necessarily be acts of darkness alone. Because in our text, the Bible says those that live in the shadow of death. I thought the Bible would say light came. If you are in the shadow of death, what will bring solution? What will bring solution, sir? Prof? Is it not life? It's life. But the Bible said what? Light came. So that this man was dark and was blind. That a situation is confronting you. Stop looking for explanations. Stop telling stories about it. Shine. When Jesus met the blind man, his disciples were about to distract to say, Jesus, let us start analyzing this matter. You know, that is one thing I do a lot. I do analysis. Let us start looking at these things from different perspectives. Why is it that 
Corruption in this day is worse than in the days of our fathers. We start. Jesus did not see it as a point of discussion. What Jesus saw is that that darkness is so dark that this man's situation is such that his blindness was from birth was for God's power to be made manifest. What does that mean? That the darkness is so dark is for God's light to so shine. It's not for us to start explaining, rationalizing it. For Jesus, when such opportunity came, he saw it that this is another opportunity to shine. Brethren, could it be that the reason we are not shining is because when we get into a place and the place is so dark, you look around and say, hey, if we were two brethren here, just two of us, maybe this darkness. No, Jesus was not rationalizing it all. Jesus was not beginning to say, you see, where this man's own may not be such that we can heal is because it's congenital. He came from birth. Uh-uh. Jesus was not listening to that. Many of us, the reason why, though we are the light, though we believe it, is because when darkness confronts us, we start negotiating with it. You will notice there that the disciples of Jesus wanted to start negotiating. Say, brethren, you know, it's not as serious. You know, this is not... Brethren, Jesus did not see it as an opportunity to negotiate. Jesus saw it as an opportunity to do what? To shine. You know, this scripture actually directly talks to me also. I remember at the beginning of the year, something happened in my school. I had shared a testimony here in one of our midweeks. As the head of department, we had NUC visitation. And in my faculty, we had three programs presented. And as it were then, under my leadership as the head of department during the accreditation, there were two of the programs under me to present. And the third one was in fisheries. And the head of department in fisheries is a professor. So when the accreditation exercise came and passed, the result came out 2020 during the COVID. I got a message from my vice chancellor, congratulations. You did well. Your two programs, full accreditation. I was so excited, listening for, to hear the result of the other one. They had interim. So earlier this year, they received visitation because it's already two years for accreditation. Now, but late last year, some things happened. They were setting up committee, faculty, everybody wanted fisheries must get accreditation. And they now took me again. You have to be in accreditation committee. I told myself, when it comes to work, they will just remember me. And God quickly rebuked me. Go, shine, stop complaining. That was what God told me. Go and shine. I started saying, hey, you see, when this is up, they have forgotten this person. They forgot it. When it comes to this one now, they need work to be done. Look for Mike. I said, hey, Mike. But God now told me, it is an opportunity to do what? Shine. Go and shine. Stop negotiating with it and start saying, you see, you know, one of the reasons, let me also say it is because when the last year's appraiser came, I was due for promotion and because I was head of the department, I had to step aside for Dean to sit over the departmental board appraiser. The departmental board appraised me, and I think I had 78 in the score. 
and we needed 60 to pass. Now to go to a next rank. And so it moved to faculty appraisal committee. At faculty appraisal committee, they said, in fact, I was there and I was watching. The person who represented the vice chancellor of the appraisal committee said, this person was wrongly appraised. And he moved it to about 89. And it was my own. When he now came, they said, you assume duty on the 5th and it's 1st of October. So you will not be promoted. I told myself, God, you see, when it comes to this promotion now, they will not remember me now. But when it comes to work, so when my papers were going, they saw a very big volume. Is this, in fact, my dean jokingly asked, are you being appraised for professorship? I said, dean, let it go. My dean fought, but they refused. Then when a critician came, Mike, <laughs> you see, you are the man. So God told me that's an opportunity to go and shine. Are we negotiating with those situations? To the glory of God in the course of this strike, the result came out. Fisheries got full accreditation. And they were calling, do you know on our faculty platform, the most, our pioneer dean listed and mentioned few names, only three names, and he put my name. We want to appreciate it. Go and shine. God told me, don't, don't complain. Go, shine. I was denied not because I was not qualified. Just they say, the regulation said 1st of October. So by all rights, you are qualified. But this 1st of October thing is just the only reason. Hallelujah. But God is saying, don't start saying, you see. When it comes to this, they will not remember. God said, that is why I put you there. Show them that. In the midst of what may look like progress, you are denied. You will still shine. Stop saying that. You know, this situation... You know, do you know that rationally it makes sense now? They just denied me. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Does it, eh? To man, it makes sense. But God is saying, that is why I sent you there. To show how I will do it. To show my way. Amen. Let's move again. Still in these verses. Jesus speaking, when we, when we go further there, said something. I must walk the walks. Now remember in verse 3, he quickly established that. It was not time to negotiate with darkness. It was just to shine. Then verse 4, he said something again I think is noteworthy. I must walk the walks of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man shall walk. What again did we see about Jesus? I think if we look closely at these words of Jesus you will discover the secret of his life. Why he heeded that instruction that those in darkness saw great light. What was it Jesus did, said there? He saw that this light, that his light was sent. Jesus did not see that. I was employed where I'm working because I was the most qualified. Eh. You know, for some of us, the reason we are not shining is because we are waiting for that place we are going to go to, to shine. But Jesus said what? Where I am now, I was sent. The truth about it that I notice and is true about light is every light is sent. Do you know that all this light that, is, that you see on, when the light blinked, when they took the light now, 
our brother John ran to send light. He had to go and send light on a mission. No light sends itself. Lights are sent. So because you are sent, you have an obligation to him who sent you. So Jesus said that on this issue, though I will not negotiate with darkness, I have this conscience, I get this in my mind. I'm on a mission. I was sent. And because it's a work I was sent to do, I must do it. My sending has a, a, a sense of mandate. That's compulsion. So looking at Jesus, when we see that Jesus there was saying, my going forth as light is because I was sent. I didn't send myself. So if God is the one that sent you, you owe it to him. To go wherever you find yourself. And I think that is one of the problems the church is having today. We find ourselves in places and begin to find reasons we are there. Outside the fact that God sent us. Brethren, wherever we are as children of God, are you seeing it as God sending me there? Even if it's for you to go and spend one year there and move to that place you think is light, where the stage is for you to shine. In that place for that one year, you were sent. And so we see Jesus saying, he was sent. Then we also notice there also Jesus saying something. He said that this assignment is time bound. Our shining life is not forever. Remember, we began by learning that Jesus, his life was light. But the measure of life is time. Time is one thing we use to measure life. So Jesus also established there that one of the reasons he's working with the consciousness of being sent and the urgency of being sent is because he doesn't have all the time. And that is why you will not wait until you get to that big place to shine the light. It is when you are able to shine in a small corner that when it comes to a big place, you will shine. The more. Oh, for Jesus, the scripture says they saw a great light. Brethren, this morning, I sense God asking you. Remember I said it at the beginning. As we look at the life of Jesus, place your own at one side. Whether in your place of work, whether in the location where your residence is, whether in your village location, whether in your position in the family, are you sensing, are you carrying the consciousness of being sent and that I will not be here forever? Jesus said, I must do the works of him that sent me while he's there. For, for every man, it is like that for all men. The night will come, no man can walk. And I remember one of during all of our Bible study, the night may not necessarily even be dead. It may even be the death of the darkness that is around you. It may be the, the death of the person that is the darkness that needed light. For that person, the night has come. And you cannot shine to such a person. So Jesus was walking with that consciousness. And having said that, Jesus now said in verse 5, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light. And I was asking, what's the connection? That's the connection. Being in the world as light is that God sent you. Wherever you are in the world and you are light, you are sent. 
being in the world as lights. You don't need to negotiate with darkness. Being in the world as lights. You must know that your time is ticking. Let's look at another thing about the life of Jesus. Because what our time is also ticking for this time for the sermon. Our time is ticking also. Let's look at the sixth point about Jesus. As we check it with our lives. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 to 7. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 to 7. Yes, somebody who is there should read it for us. Yes. Therefore, when he came into the world, when Jesus left being God and came into the world as we are in the world, he said, listen to what Jesus said again. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, <laughs> but a body you have presented for me, you have prepared for me, in bond offerings and sacrifice for sins, you have no pleasure. <laughs> Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of books, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Brethren, did you hear Jesus there also talking? When he came into the world, he also declared, I have come. And in his coming, he knew why he was here. He knew that he came to do something. And he said it this morning. I'm thinking that one of the secrets of the life of Jesus that enabled him to cause those in darkness to see a great light was the fact that he came, yes, with a mission, but he knew the mission. And what was the mission? To do the will of God. Jesus came with a mission. Jesus came with a consciousness. Jesus did not just come to fulfill time, to mark time, Jesus came to do the will of God. And so I remember in those days, there were these handbands that we were encouraged in secondary school that we asked ourselves, WWJD. How many of us remember that thing? WWJD. What will Jesus do? You just remind yourself, in whatever situation, what will Jesus do? What is the will of God? Remaining at the center of God's will in every situation. That was another very important secret about the life of Jesus. He will ask himself, what is in the mind of the Father concerning this? And I noticed that a life lived like that will shine. Living in such a manner that in every situation... Be it in lecturing. Maybe you are not even preaching. You are teaching. You will teach in such a manner that you will display the will of God. And in so doing, you will shine a light that will draw people to Jesus. For want of time, we will hit the seventh in Matthew 4, 4. And we see that also in John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. Matthew 4, 4 says what? Man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus was declaring that. It was our theme some years ago. But living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How do we take the word of God? How serious are we committed to the word of God? Jesus was committed. And what gave him victory in the face of temptation was the consciousness of the fact that he will live by the word of God. 
What is the word of God saying? Knowing the word of God for every situation. Being instant in season and out of season. Knowing what the word of God is saying and being committed. And in John 1.14 it says, And making this word become flesh. Are we committed to agree with heaven that in my office, the truth about the word of God must be established. Agree. The Bible says about Jesus, he came and this word became flesh. Jesus was committed to making the word of God become alive. Become a life. Become a life that people can see. As undergraduates, I was on a campus that many people were calling bishop bishops. And you know, one of the quotations, some of them is, they prepare rhymes. And they say that our revelations are the manifestations of the lives of our fathers. That is, I was asking myself, how true is it? But that is true. That somebody is discovering something from scripture and is seeing you live it. See, okay, so this thing Bible says can be lived. Wow, see this brother. This revelation a young person is catching. Can he see the manifestation in your living? Can the word of God become alive? Or we leave the word of God in letters? Jesus resolved that this one I have caught, it will become a life. People will see it. So that next, when somebody is discovering this in scripture, he's seen an example of the fulfillment. Actually, our lesson showed that Jesus went there so that the scripture may be fulfilled. You know, that was what the Bible said. So many things about the life of Jesus. He did it so that what? Scriptures may be fulfilled. Can you live that scriptures may be fulfilled? Becoming the word of God and making the word of God become flesh was one thing that made Jesus to cause those in darkness, those who sit in darkness, to do what? To see light. You are our pistols written in the heart of men. That was what Paul said. You are the scriptures people are reading. Can people see you and discover the truth of scripture? That was one secret about the life of Jesus. Being the epistle men will read. Time will not allow us. But let's go to our text in Matthew 4, verse 17. Can we go to Matthew? Another thing there that is very practical, we have heard it over and again about what Jesus also did to shine the light. What did the Bible say in 417? And from that day, the Bible says there that what? From that time, Jesus began to preach. Saying, repent. Jesus preached. So that you will not say, you see, Bro Mike said this, this, this. No, Jesus preached. So in causing people who are in darkness to see great light, what other thing did Jesus do? He didn't just make the world become life. Verse 17 did what? The Bible said, he preached. He told them the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And what does that mean to us? We may be preaching, but what do we preach? Jesus' message was clear. God is coming to reign over the world. Change your life. Can we also as men, and that was, that's another thing about the life of Jesus. He preached. 
whether by tracts, whether by sharing the word of God, Jesus preached. This morning, he's saying, you also preach. Tell them the kingdom of God is that they should repent. Jesus preached the word. And the last, the ninth point, we will note, and then we will come back to tie up, is that he was filled by the Holy Spirit and he went in the power of the Spirit. Luke 3, 21 and 22, Jesus, the Bible says, in bodily form, the Holy Spirit descended on him. The Spirit of God was with him. He had the Spirit. And as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. As we go about, are we going in the consciousness of the Spirit of God that we carry? To what end is this? Looking at our text, we'll take three notes and then we'll begin to pray. Let's look at verse 12 of our text as we begin to round off. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed to Galilee. Leaving, the Nazareth, leaving Lazarus, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea, sea coasts in the border of Zebulun and Naphtali. Verse 14. This no, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by prophet Isaiah. What is it about this? Brethren, I notice this as we tie up all that we have been seeing about the life of Jesus. That first something happened about this time which Jesus gave an account, or an account was given about Jesus, causing those in darkness to see light. And it was about the time John the Baptist was arrested. What does that mean to us? I noticed there that there may be places where darkness is ruling, that people are sitting in darkness, and there are circumstances surrounding them. We may have those circumstances as excuse as we saw that Jesus did not negotiate with. He couldn't say that because John the Baptist was arrested. So let me go and hide my head. After all, he was my forerunner. Let him not forerun me to the prison. Jesus went further. He left his hometown. Maybe, you know, when, you know, I was just imagining the news yesterday. Sokoto people were praying, people were crying. And some people were feeling like running out. And they couldn't run out. Naturally, when there is distress, you will run home. You will run to the village. You go and hide. Jesus will have remained in the village. He left the village. That they arrested John the Baptist will have said, Kai, I think I should withdraw. Let me, let me still hide this thing. This thing there, there is still a journey ahead of me. Jesus went. So we may have excuses, but I saw description of different vocations, different places of work being described there. Your own is by the sea. Your own is this. Not one thing, verse 14. The Bible said that over those places, in the midst of all of those circumstances, over your own type of office, yours may be a hospital, yours may be a classroom, yours may just be wherever. 
which Jesus had a clear description of his. The Bible speaking there said, there was a word hanging there. Did you notice that in verse 14? Brethren, I sense God saying to us, whatever it is, wherever it is, whatever it is that is happening, wherever it is you are walking, that people are sitting in darkness. What? There is a prophecy hanging over there. We are trying to round up now. In summary, over that place, over that office, for me as a lecturer, as even the head of department, you have a tenor. Over that tenor, there is a prophecy. There is a word of God hanging, to, waiting for me to be fulfilled. God is saying, there is an intent of my mind. And that is why he's telling us, you are the light. Go, fulfill, bring down the fulfillment of that. There were circumstances surrounding your emergence as HOD. Nobody was calling, oh, that's not the case. John the Baptist was, all those are stories. Now, this place, land of Naphtali that you have come now, there is a word hanging over them. Go and fulfill it. Jesus went to do that. Over the people sitting in darkness around you, there is a word. God is speaking and he wants you to go to bring it to pass. What is that word? That they may see light. The other thing I notice there again is that for those sitting in darkness, for those sitting in the shadow of death, for those no matter the situation, the solution is a life that is light. It is not noise. It's not even gra-gra. It is light. This morning, will you go for and be light? There is a world hanging over those people that sit in darkness. And God is counting on you to shine the light. Let us bow our heads as we pray. In the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we give you thanks. I Father, because they have accepted you, your word says that you will in no wise cast them out. Blot out their names from the book of death, O Lord, and write it in the book of life. Your word says, that he who you set free is free indeed. Lord, set them free from any imagination of the enemy of darkness in the name of Jesus. And put your spirit in their hearts that they may live from today henceforth and be a light unto their families and unto their generation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you have heard us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.